Welcome to the Contraception Pod. I'm Maya and I'm the Catholic. I'm Cassidy and I'm the Protestant. At a gala at Trump Hotel, never meeting each other prior, Cassidy quietly came up to me in the bathroom and said, What are your thoughts on contraception? This question turned into a never-ending discussion that we decided to take on a podcast. So join us as we discuss contraception and how it affects our world. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Contraception Pod. We hope you're having a wonderful beginning to wintertime. Honestly, can't believe it's wintertime again. Just thinking back to the fact that Cassidy and I first met during the winter. So that's kind of crazy. Um, wow. but, you know, we're going to start the episode off by just mixing it up a little bit. Cassidy had this great idea. So we're going to answer a random question related to contraception. And I was kind of thinking that it would be cool, you guys, if you have like any random questions regarding contraception, you know, ask them like let us know what they are and we'll answer them at the beginning of each episode but anyway today's question is what form of contraception are you most passionate about educating people on tell us your thoughts cassidy hey guys thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the contraception pod the episode or not the episode the form of contraception that i am most passionate about educating on there are probably two actually that's a hormonal contraception and iud's which some people think they both fall under hormonal but i just always like to say both in case people don't think of them as both having similar mechanisms. So um, hormonal contraception and IUDs have three mechanisms typically, and that is to reduce ovulation. None of them shut down ovulation. Ovulation continues at a lessened level uh, to thicken cervical mucus, which is thought to impede sperm, to keep sperm from ever reaching an egg. And then the third function is to thin the lining of the uterus, otherwise known as the endometrium. And it's this trait of a birth control that can be abortifacient. And back in high school, I was first learning about uterine physiology and all of this, which is just fancy words for how your womb works and how it responds to pregnancy. And once I learned that the hormonal contraception has an impact on your uterus like that, that's when I realized that it can be abortifacient because our bodies are in the normal, healthy upkeep each month of building up the endometrium to a certain thickness in case we conceive a child to be able to sustain that life. But if a person's on hormonal contraception or using an IUD, it does have the ability to thin the lining of the endometrium. So if ovulation still occurs and if sperm egg fusion still occurs and there's fertilization, a new human life has you know come to be, then you know, that precious child can die as a result of using these forms of contraception. So I love to tell people about that and share and educate on that because it's just not widely known. I also love to talk about NFP because I think it's so empowering regardless of if you're married or unmarried. I have been single most of my adult life and I can tell you that I find NFP to be so helpful. How about you, Maya? Yeah, well, you know, Cassidy really stole what I was going to say, but you know, (laughs) Obviously, like, number one, educating on hormonal birth control since millions, I mean, over 40 million women are on hormonal birth control in the United States. So odds are most women I encounter are going to have some sort of encounter with birth, hormonal birth control. Secondly, though, what might, where are the we kind of divide a little bit. I do like educating on IUDs too, but I feel like that's more Cassidy's spear than mine. I actually like educating on like you know first saying okay do you think hormonal birth control is wrong okay great you think it's wrong okay we agree on that well what about condoms right because it's a necessary part of talking about the contraceptive issue because it's really radically different than hormonal birth control which you know ruins your health whereas condoms ruin your relationship with god right and your relationship with your spouse too you know in a very in a spiritual mental and a spiritual mental and i guess physical way too um but 
it's truly when you know you you're putting a barrier you're putting a barrier into the sexual act into giving yourself fully to another person and so and I guess with condoms you can also like include like purposefully avoiding pregnancy for selfish reasons is basically where that conversation goes so that's something that like if you're having a conversation with me about contraception I'll say what are your thoughts on hormonal birth control or did you know that it's a that it's a class one carcinogen or whatever um and then I'll say okay well what about condoms like what are your thoughts on that and the reason for that being you know Cassie and I were talking about this a lot before but you know a huge reason that I think the reason why we're so into talking about contraception is because we're actively pro-life and we believe that abor- we don't get rid of abortion until you get rid of a contraceptive mentality and that condoms and and this idea that you know that to of having sex with you know quote-unquote no consequences but no fruit of it when you're literally it's like growing a fruitless tree right and what did Jesus say about the fruitless tree cut it down right because and so like you know like you know so that's that's like the problem like with with the sexual act is take we're taking god away from it and it was never meant to take god away from it so anyway so that's what i have to like share on on like what i like what a conversation with me about contraception kind of look like what would i educate on well that would be that so yeah yay thanks for sharing Maya. i appreciate that you are willing to discuss the barrier methods because i would definitely say that that's one of the parts of contraception that actually most make Protestants squirm. So of all the conversations I've ever had in my life that make people want to kill me, it's that one. So praise the Lord. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, like I love making people squirm, you know, <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> uh, don't, can't live life too uncomfortable. It's can't live life too comfortable, you know? So. Right. Right. Well, now listeners, we're ready to jump into today's episode and our topic. We're actually going to talk about something that is currently going on in the FDA As many of you know, hormonal contraception is a steroidal treatment that contains synthetic hormones that can, in some cases, lead to complications such as blood clots, strokes, hair loss, nutrient depletion, breast cancer, and many other issues. Despite these risks, hormonal birth control proponents are striving to make prescription form of, um, as far as being prescribed birth control, unnecessary. So for example, you know, you have to have a prescription to get the hormonal birth control pill, but some advocates actually don't think you should have to have a prescription at all. And this is happening, you know, the FDA is having some meetings to discuss if they should approve hormonal contraception for over-the-counter use. And this is to be compared to like walking into, you know, Walmart or a drugstore and picking up, you know, some Tums. Should it be the same equivalent with contraception? Should you be able to have a hormonal steroid that you can take orally without a physician or pharmacist or nurse or any person reviewing your medical record? Mm -hmm. Anne-Marie Williams, a reporter with Live Action, reported in a recent article this month, which is November, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is reviewing an application for over-the-counter birth control. With more than 20 states have having already approved dispension of hormonal birth control without a doctor's office visit, each state still requires that a licensed pharmacist dispense the medication after reviewing a medical history questionnaire filled out by the patient. But if the FDA approves French pharmaceutical company HRA Pharma's O-Pill, progestin-only birth control, it will be available truly over-the-counter just like Tylenol or Motrin without any doctor, physician's assistant, nurse practitioner, or pharmacist contact. Now, here's why this is dangerous. In general, you know, you just heard in this introduction, Maya and I's thoughts on contraception in general. And 
you know, regardless of if you are in favor of contraception or against, there are a couple of reasons why this should concern you. Number one being the reason why physicians and pharmacists have to review a medical record or like Anne Marie reported talking about um, pharmacists looking at a questionnaire. Some of those questions that they'd be asking women are, do you smoke? Smoking increases your blood clotting factor. There are other conditions. If you've had a previous blood clot or stroke that physicians would be concerned about your blood being more likely to clot. And since hormonal contraception has that ability, tragically, women have seen increased, um, what's the term? Increased um, experiences, I guess, of having uh, clots, strokes, other really concerning s- side effects from hormonal contraception, even these progestin only. So there are a few things that really are concerning about having this O pill available. So people may say that this is safer than the normal pill, which is a combination of synthetic estrogen and synthetic progestin. So unfortunately, that's not completely the case because there are some reports that this can, like I said, cause fatal blood clots. And this also is, you know, full of unfortunate side effects, like increasing breast cancer and cervical cancer risk, brain cancer risk, really heartbreaking. A 2015 study said that glycoma risk nearly tripled for women taking progestin-only birth control, which is just heartbreaking. Brain cancer is very scary. Um, And did you know that actually women who are on a hormonal version of contraception are more likely to have an ectopic pregnancy than those who are not? It's a big big percentage difference. It's like 10% of women who are on, is it progestin-only birth control um, Mm -hmm. have have a chance of talk a topic pregnancy which is huge 10 percent is a lot like that's a lot and then um and then it's like two percent of women who aren't taking like with versus two to three percent or something like that it, yeah. it, it's it's a huge difference you guys um that's that it's a huge difference it's it's like saying one it's versus it's like basically like two in a thousand versus like one in ten like that's huge like you know like of women um like chances at a child dying um like which is really sad because when you think about the issue of of pregnancy the reason it happens is because when a child is conceived we all started our lives in the fallopian tube actually you know sperm comes through the uterus up into the fallopian tube to meet an egg the egg has to go from the fallopian tube where fertilization first occurs. And usually by five to six days after conception, that baby comes down to the uterus into the endometrium to burrow into the uterus. However, you know, different forms of contraception can impact something called tubal transfer, which is just like a physiological term to do with the uterus. Because in human development, back when we were in the germinal stage, which is before the embryonic stage when you're a little bit older, um, you have to tra- you have to transfer from the fallopian tube into the uterus. So for some reason, certain versions of contraception, including this progestin-only contraception, can lead to increased risk of ectopic pregnancy, which is so heartbreaking because once a baby starts growing in the fallopian tube, there's really not anything we can do for those precious babies, you know? So if we don't want to see those tragic and basically untreatable cases, other than, you know, using salpingectomy like that's there aren't really any treatments for ectopic pregnancy that are viable for the child which is so heartbreaking but if we want to see less of those cases we have to consider partly where they're coming from and we're seeing that at least some of them seem to come from this connection with progestin only contraception so and something i wanted to talk to real fast is first of all like i wanted to talk to 
couple things but the first thing is like the difference between progesterone and progestin um so progestin is the basically a synthetic uh a, a synthetic mimic is basically what i would call it of progesterone that that basically um that it mimics the effects of progesterone in your body um and then progesterone um which you can get and i wanted this is what i wanted to talk to you secondly but you can get by only a doctor's prescription progesterone especially um if women are having trouble with their cycles normally it's from low progesterone progesterone and so you can get prescribed pills but let they have to be prescribed so if those have to be prescribed because of the dangers they can play to women progestin should still remain to be subscribed as well right be prescribed whoa my wording is not working here but like i i just wanted to like kind of bring that up as like an example is like there's they're not gonna make progesterone itself like progesterone like oh just like even though it's a naturally occurring hormone and then you have a steroid hormone um and then they're actually taking the fake thing the thing that mimics progesterone and they're saying they're saying oh like they're presenting this uh, this um uh, they're they're saying that oh we should be able to get this over the counter meaning i could walk into any store and buy something that could actually i don't know could it probably kill you if you like overdose on that like like I don't I mean, know. I mean, really it sounds really dangerous to women. And like, of course, like if you overdose on ibuprofen, it could kill you too. But like, like what I basically want to, my point here is that like, if the actual natural one should remain, should remain, is going to remain, um, you know, to be prescribed that like you have to go to a pharmacy with doctor's orders to get it. And so should progestin. And, um, and just it, it it's heartbreaking because like just like taking a gander through like the articles on on this on what progestin only contra- uh, like birth control hormonal birth control does to women like women if we believed if we if we if we believe if our culture believed that doctors knew what was best for us like like as we say we do because oh my doctor prescribed hormonal birth control to me that's why I'm on it then then like why why are we saying you know like you know first of all doctors don't really know what they're doing a lot of doctors don't really know what they're doing anymore but like add on top of that oh women you can be doctors now you can decide if you need you know this 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 horrible thing for women and then the third thing I want to talk to last thing I wanted to talk to uh, maybe we've t- I, that I think we've touched on the podcast, but just to emphasize for anyone listening, hormonal birth control should be illegal in states where abortion is illegal for just what a what Cassidy where just what Ca- Cassidy prescribed uh, explains. Oh my gosh, where are my words? But for the same reason that Cassidy explained that that the way that that conception happens, it happens before you are in like implanted right in the womb right and so if and like there was a change in language there was a change in science because if this was provided if this information in this time like in the 1960s was presented to any other country any other like or um 
any like the United Nations or anything like that, any other country would look at this and say, you are killing a baby. So they changed the language behind literally like the scientific documents around fetology at this time. They changed the language slowly but surely to say that a child's life begins an implantation, but a child's life does not begin an implantation. A child's life begins when sperm and egg come together. There's a burst of light in that. That is a child right there. That is a human being. And, and, it's, and therefore... If birth control even had the chance of killing a baby, oh no, that shouldn't be illegal, right? That should be illegal, especially in states where abortion is illegal, which should be all states. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on a few points right there for um, your not scientifically inclined minds like myself, um, just kind of that difference between progestin and progesterone, but but what it still does to women and what it will continue to do to women and why this should not, you know, hormonal birth control should not be around period but it should definitely not be around for any person to go to a store and buy themselves like 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 ibuprofen or mochin or whatever right and anyway yeah right because it is concerning if it's available over the counter for you know a couple of reasons kind of like my was mentioning we also know you know that this progestin only actually is thought to only prevent ovulation in about half of the user's cycle, according to the website rxlist.com. So, you know, physicians and pharmacists who have studied this pill, they look at it in women and they say, okay, it looks like it's only stopping ovulation half the time. So that means that about half the time the women are using this pill, it actually is still allowing ovulation to occur. So if sperm reaches an egg and conception occurs, then it is likely that that child will be miscarried, which is really heartbreaking. So, you know, even of just all the different types of contraception to possibly make available over the counter, how interesting that they're choosing one that's probably more abortifacient than say like combination estrogen and progesterone pill. It's just, it's interesting that the one that's probably the most abortifacient they're trying to make available, but to go into a couple of the health problems this pill could cause, Um, According to some reports, we know that progestin-only contraception can lead to headaches, dizziness, nausea, increased appetite, abdominal pain, cramps and bloating, fatigue, vaginal discharge, painful periods, nervousness, backaches, breast discomfort, acne. And, you know, we wish that that was the end because most of those are not life-threatening conditions. However, you know, just like we mentioned earlier, increased risk of ectopic pregnancy, which when ectopic pregnancy is unknown in a woman, it can be both fatal for the child and the mother in that case. So we should always remember that, that if you're taking a medication and it's increasing the risk of ectopic pregnancy, it's not only sad for the child, but it's also actually a risk to possibly end the mother's life. So it's so interesting that the same people promoting contraception for the sake of women's rights are actually overlooking an increased risk for women who could have a fatality from a pregnancy because untreated pregnancy can kill women, which is really heartbreaking. So um, we should advocate for women understanding their bodies so they know their fertility, so they don't feel a need to use synthetic hormones. They can understand how their fertility works and know that they don't have to take fake hormones in order to feel comfortable and safe with their bodies and how their fertility you know, works. So That all being said, we know also that in general, the increased availability of contraception, let's just ask a question, is that what will end abortion? Because we hear from some advocates in our world today that 
the answer to ending abortion. As a matter of fact, probably the majority of those who hold like the democratic political position would say, want to end abortion? All right, go pass out some birth control. And Maya and I were able to have our friend, Dr. Michael New, come on an older podcast that we'll have to share again soon on social media so people can listen in. Dr. Michael New is a professor at the Catholic University of America, and he has done some really incredible research and reviewing of what is available out there for us to look at? What kind of studies show, prove, or suggest that it really might be true that contraception d- reduces abortion numbers, as they say? So according to Dr. Michael New's research, it's not found that increased access to contraception actually reduces the abortion rate at all. As a matter of fact, in many cases, increased access to contraception actually increases the abortion rate. So there was a study, I'm going to quick find this little clip from Dr. New here, talking about there was a study in 2018 by a pair of Notre Dame economists. They found that teen fertility actually was higher in the schools that participated in condom distribution. So we're not even talking about hormonal contraception. We know that hormonal contraception comes with all those risks we talked about, abdominal pain, cancer, pregnancy, et cetera. But we're just talking about condoms, which is a barrier method with no hormones. When teens at Notre Dame, this 2018 study, were given more condoms, they actually had increased fertility numbers compared to peers who did not have increased condom usage, which is just really interesting. We see in a lot of studies that increased promotion of contraception seems to increase people's involvement in sexuality in a way that leads them to believe that their sexual relations will never lead to the creation of a child. So what happens if you have sex and you think, I will never get pregnant? It puts us in a mindset that if we do get pregnant, that it's a crisis. It's shocking. It's not what we expected. You're not preparing financially for it. You're not preparing in your career. You're not preparing in you know your regular circumstances. You're not in a mindset where you're saying, I'm excited and ready to grow my family and receive a child. If people believe that their contraception has got them, like, oh, I'm good. I'm 100% safe because I'm using my contraception and I would for sure will not get pregnant. There is no form of contraception that has 100% effectiveness. Every single form of contraception has a failure rate. And tragically for a lot of people, they find themselves in that place of, okay, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. My life is really changing really drastically. And we know that even when people are in that fearful place, they're finding themselves unexpectedly pregnant, that it's a gift. Even when it's scary, a human life is always a gift, something we should protect. But this contraceptive mentality, I'm going to have sex and it will never result in pregnancy is not only detrimental, but it's increases fear, anxiety, and just overall discomfort in these couples when they end up pregnant, including these teens who think, you know, using condoms is going to make sure that they don't get pregnant when in fact, their fertility rate was seen to be higher from using this contraception rather than those they were compared to that were not given these contraception programs. So we encourage you to look at this article that includes a lot of research from Dr. Michael New. It's called FDA postpones meeting for first over-the-counter birth control pill to review new information by Samantha Kamen at the Christian Post. Really interesting research that Dr. New discusses. There is also uh, a piece of research from the Guttmacher Institute that talks about how in the year 2014, 51% of all women who had an abortion, were on a contraceptive method in the month of pregnancy. 
So if their contraception had been 100% effective, as many um, abortion advocates say that they needed increased access to contraception and it's just as human rights injustice that they didn't have enough birth control, then in that case, half the abortions that occurred that year, if the birth control had been effective, would have never happened. So we know that in many cases, when people promote birth control to try to solve the unexpected pregnancy problem, what it really does is it actually increases the mindset. I am okay to have sex and it will never result in pregnancy. And then when people get pregnant, they're not in a good place. People have sex when they are 100% not ready to be parents. And they are shocked and surprised when they find a positive pregnancy test, despite the fact that you know we should know that human sexuality can lead to new life. And it's not meant to be anxiety-inducing. It's not meant to be scary and awful and terrible. It's meant to be a beautiful new gift. But if we don't remember that sexuality is a powerful gift from God that can lead to a new eternal soul existing forever, then we may be very surprised, very shocked and in a place of crisis, um, just not expecting what could come. So just to come back to our topic of what we're talking about today, you know, if this hormonal contraceptive the progestin-only pill becomes available over the counter, we should expect to see more unplanned pregnancies, partly because it has a failure rate, but also because it gives people a false sense of security in their sexuality. And then just to end us off, something to add to that, I want to add two things to that. Number one, when Cassidy said they're not ready to be parents, why aren't they ready to be parents? Let's get to the root of that. The reason people aren't ready to be parents who are having sex whenever they want because of contraception, unmarried, the reason they're not ready to have to have children is because they don't understand the meaning of sacrifice. If you do not understand the meaning of sacrifice, you do not understand the meaning of love. Therefore, therefore, you should not be entering into sexual relations with any person because you cannot fulfill a covenant of love, which is what the sexual act is meant for. It is a very, it's a very means. What, what is the whole Bible? The whole Bible is focused on, uh, focused on God's covenant with mankind. And that is the very same kind of type of covenant you are entering into in a ma- in marriage. And, and it's only within that covenant that you should be having sex because then and only then are you ready to fully give gift yourself to another person. And then secondly, to add to that as well, women on con- the contraceptive pill are not happy. I, I I have to, I just want to repeat that over and over and over again. We are in this because we want women to be overfilled with the joy of the Lord, overflowed, like just filled up with the joy of the Lord. And no woman, I believe on birth control be, can truly be filled up with the joy of the Lord. And the reason for that being number one, number one is that it, it just messes up your hormones, first of all. And number two is because when you're entering into sexual relations, because you want to be filled with happiness, the only happiness that you will ever, ever be fulfilled in is with, is, is, is in God. And, and if, and if you can't, and if you can't enter into a sacrificial relationship, if you cannot give yourself to another human person, if you're not free if you're not free to do so, because you're not free from lust, truly, if we're being real here, if you're not free from lust, you can never gift yourself to God. You can never be able to fill, just be filled with joy and be and be happy. And the science shows that women, ever since birth control pill have come out and ever since abortion has been made legal, we've seen a decrease in women's happiness. And there is correlation, correlation and the causation is birth control and abortion thank you guys so much for listening and i'm so glad you guys could all be on today and we're gonna fight for women fight for women real women's health care fight for women's happiness 
fight for human happiness. Anyway, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week.